Hello, so this is Joseph Cornelia with uh, Blue Door Podcast. I'm just hoping to encourage you today, and we're looking in James 3, 1 through 12, 12, sorry. Finally getting into chapter 3, pretty sweet, getting through, and I hope that this encourages you and helps you along. Alright, so... James 3, 1 through 12 is, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to brittle his whole body. If we put bits in our mouths of bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a word of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and our Father, Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth came blessings and cursings, my brothers. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. It's a very powerful passage against, like, what you say matters. Um... Oh man, I'm blanking on the little like saying or whatever. Oh yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. No, words can hurt worse. We have to be so careful with what we say. I have to be so careful. I am like, well, I'll go into a little bit later. Um, But Right, I I talk so much. It's crazy. I should not talk that much, <laughs> but I do. Um, but it's such a powerful passage about the ton, and the ton is so powerful. Um, I liked it when it was like comes out is like the overflow of the heart. Like that's crazy. Like, not what goes in defiles a person, but what comes out. And then, like, that made everything clean. But, it also is a picture of, okay, what what is the outpouring of my heart? Is it fruits of the spirit, or is it fruits of the flesh? Because it should be fruits of the spirit. We should be living in the spirit. I need to be living in the spirit more and more and more. Verse 1, just like, 
just the strictness of teachers. It's like I was like, whoa. Because this should not be mistaken. You are equipped with the gospel. You are to go share the gospel and you are to go make disciples. Matthew twenty eight, nineteen. Go make disciples of all nations. Um it's not like a qualifications type thing. It's go. It's it's not a oh man, I can't do it. If if you're a believer, you are called into discipleship. You should be discipled and you should disciple others. Go and make disciples. It's not a Okay, I think I'll be ready in a month or two. You should be preparing and being poured into and have a mentor and be accountable and stuff like that. But you should be sharing the gospel and discipling people. Now this says not many of you should become teachers because you'll be held more accountable. And I have more verses on that, like in Titus, uh, in Titus 1, 5 through 16, it talks a lot about the qualification of the elders. And it's a lot of like, for an overseer, which is verse 7, as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction to sound in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Uh, verse 6, If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. Um, and then I, I kind of like went seven through nine there and then I went back to verse six but just even that little part in six about like their children are believers like so if you have a child that goes that like leaves the faith did you raise them right I I don't know that's just a question I have um because like I mean I know I remember like reading about like if you raise a child in these ways or whatever then they will not depart when they are older or something like that but i don't know it's yeah but that's like there it's yeah there's like so many qualifications in there about being an elder an overseer a teacher and you also see it in Second Timothy two, fourteen through nineteen, which says, um, "Remind them of these things and charge them before God, not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, but avoid irrelevant babble." For it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gingerine, gangrene, I don't know. Among them are Hymenaeus and 
Phileas, who have swerved from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some, but God's firm foundation stands bearing the seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Just like even the little part like about the resurrection has already happened. I think they're talking more about like Jesus coming back. Jesus was resurrected already. But like that, like the, he already came again, which wouldn't make much sense. Um, but like you got to take the word and you got to be just in sound doctrine like in Titus. But you got to be rightly handling of it. You have to dive into it. You have to learn. They will know my disciples by their like, by their actions, I guess, or words, or just basically how they live their lives. And it's with love. It's with Jesus at the. The Holy Spirit will lead you. And then I have a couple First Timothy ones, First Timothy four sixteen, I mean six through sixteen. It's just like about like being a good servant of Christ. Um, <clears throat> but it's like just like following sound doctrine. And here's like verse seven. Have nothing to do with irrelevant, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For this, bo- for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is worthy, is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially on those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you of your youth, Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift that you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders lay their hands on you. Practice these things and immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I know that passage is a little bit more geared towards Timothy and how young he was and stuff like that. But that also applies to us. There's so much about growing in that little bit. Growing and then being held to that high standard. And like in the second Timothy one, like it talked about words of not to like get in quarrels, like, when people talk about politics, like, what was the one political statement Jesus said or whatever? And I was like, "Give what to Caesar, what is Caesar's? I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they don't have, like, yeah, Jesus was Republican or Democratic or anything like that. Because <laughs> that would be, that would be crazy for, yeah, for our country. Like, yeah, that would be insane. Um, and then First Timothy 3 through 13 is also another one that's like qualification for overseers and for deacons. Um, and it just has like a list of qualifications 
for teachers. And I love it because if you're going to be put over people, you should lead the right way. And I can't tell you what that right way is at the moment because I haven't studied that. (laughs) But it tells you how to lead, how to have your, how to be in order for leading of it's like a checklist but it's so good it's a standard for leadership and so then if we go back to James and like verse 2 don't worry guys I'm not going like verse by verse by verse through all of James because that would take a long time that would be like the 40 minute episode of two weeks ago um but like, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man able to brittle his whole body. This shows the power of the tongue, but it also says we all stumble. Like, I was talking to my friend about, he's like, yeah, man, I need to watch my my speaking more. And I, like... Like, I've met, like, just high respect for him because I don't hear him say things like that, even, like, private or anything like that. Or when it's a deserved saying in a sense, like, you feel like, oh, man, I should say that. No, it's, and I love him for it. But he wants to grow even more, which is awesome. We should all want to grow more. But it's like Romans 3:23 for all fall short of the glory of God and i do not have a perfect tongue i have not tamed like it says later in there's just like no human who has tamed the tongue and like even when he was describing the tongue like full of deadly poison and restless evil like reminds me of a snake like the devil and it's so crazy because I, I'm, I am not a perfect man. Definitely not. Wish I could, but I am not. And I will keep striving for it anyway. Striving for holiness and for sanctification. But that's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because at heart, deep down, I am a sinner who would keep on sinning. Because I had no reason before I realized that Jesus saved me. And now verse like 3 through 12. I'm not going to read them all again. But they're all super good examples. Like the boat. The fire. I like the fire one a lot. But also like the horse. Like it's awesome. And how like we can tame every creature. But can't tame the ton. And also shows our hypocrisy of praising God and then cursing people who are made in God's image. And it's like, what? Like, we are hypocrites, kind of like the Pharisees. No doubt. Christians are hypocrites, but so is everybody else. There's just no way around it. And so, like, 9 and 10... With it, we bless our Lord and our and Father, 
and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth both come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Like we praise God with our mouths and then we turn around and curse the, our neighbors who are made in the likeness of God. I think that's so sad. Uh, but I'm going to go into some Old Testament. Mainly like Psalm and Proverbs kind of. But like Psalm 34, 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good and seek peace and pursue it. That's a good little bit. But like Daniel praises God so much through Psalms. Through hymns. Through just outright praise. It shows how our praise should be like an outflowing. Worship should be a lifestyle, which praise is worship, but worship is not always praise. Uh, it's like a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not always a square. Like I worship God through serving for him, through uh, being kind to others. I praise God by singing awesome songs to him by just get what I mean I don't know it's it's a different thing that I learned a long time ago um but the other ones are in Proverbs and a little bit of New Testament but Proverbs 10 19 is when words are many transgressions is not lacking but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The tongue of righteousness is choice silver, and the heart of the wicked is of little worth. And it goes on like more about the tongue, which is awesome. But I know for me, I have many words. Not all of them should be said. Not all of them are needed to be said. And so then we go to Proverbs 12, 18 and 19, which is there is one whose rash words are like sword thus, sword thrust. Oh man. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. And then uh, chapter 15, 15, 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perseverance in it breaks the spirit perverseness not perseverance that would be completely different and it's kind of cool because it also goes along with like the last bit in James 3 1 through 12 where it's talking about like if your tongue is like good then it's like by the water a tree by the water and fifteen twenty eight in proverbs is the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things and so just like all of these are like yeah it's the ton has a high spot on getting under control it should be in a high place <laughs> all right uh we will go Ephesians 4.29. And again, like, 
all of this, check again yourself. And just be like the Thessalonians. Like, keep checking it to see it lining up. The Holy Spirit can tell you something different. I am not above. I mean, I try to live a life above reproach. But I want to be held accountable. And so Ephesians 4.29 is, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And like I know in Timothy, it talks a little bit about not getting useless arguments or there's a few verses I'm not complaining or anything. Um, but it's crazy. It is good stuff though and then we have first peter 3 um 10 which is for whoever desires to love life and see good days let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit and that is actually that's kind of crazy um that little bit is actually psalm 34 Actually, kind of like what we just read, which is kind of cool, actually, at the same time. Um, And what we dived into a few weeks ago, Psalm 1, I mean, James 1, 27, which is religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Um, Wait, no, no, 26, sorry. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not brittle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Again, just shows the power of the tongue, like bring the tongue under the control and like I said in verse 2 if you don't stumble on what you say you're a perfect man because the tongue leads into the body it's an outpouring of the heart if your tongue is tamed your heart is tamed you're, you have a good heart I don't know but um, then like a last little bit is Matthew fifteen eleven. Um we're getting in there. Alright. Which is it is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This is what defiles a person. And I love that. Because um I'm trying to look further down. Verse eighteen, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. And this defiles a person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to you with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. And I love that. Because that's what Jesus says about the tongue and the heart, how how there's a connection. If I'm always talking about like worldly things am i living the life that jesus called i don't think so like because it's an outpouring of my heart my heart speaks praise and then slanders my neighbors that's not right because i can't slander you because then i i kind of slander god because you're made in the likeness of god it's awesome though it's so cool
oh, it's a good passage. And again, just like dive into it yourselves, please. Thank you again for listening. I hope this encouraged you and be back next week, Tuesday. It is almost Christmas, which is kind of cool. So, I don't know. I'll probably say Merry Christmas next one, but Merry Christmas to you and have an awesome time and try to invite somebody to your church service this Sunday. Or if you don't have a church, find one. Um, It's a great opportunity to invite people to church and to show them God's love. Have a great week and yeah, thank you again for listening. Have a nice day.